Hello, guys. Welcome to another Games from the Blog podcast. Uh, I'm really honored today to have Michael, who is head of gaming at Wax Studios. And we're going to talk everything about blockchain brawlers, uh, Wax blockchain, and play to end. Michael, welcome. How are you? Thank you. I'm great. How are you today? Perfect. Perfect. Doing really, really good. Uh, l- let's begin by uh, telling us, like, who are you and what is that you do? So I'm Michael Rivinelli, and I'm the chief gaming officer for uh, Wax Studios, which basically means I head up all the gaming initiatives of what it is that we're doing as an organization. So I bringing, you know, kind of my traditional gaming background. I've worked a lot of kind of big gaming companies and done a lot of really interesting things. And I'm leading the charge on kind of, you know, play to earn gaming here at Wax. All right. So, um, Michael, I know you have a history in traditional gaming. You work for companies like Electronic Arts, right? So uh, I believe you are the right person to ask uh, what does make a game fun and engaging? Like what does a game have to have to be a good game? Yeah, it's a great question. And it's it's not a question that really I think we spend a lot of time kind of looking at. I think people talk about well, what makes a great football game or what makes a great soccer game or what makes a good fighting game. But what makes gaming great in general is 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 a topic I think that I always like to discuss. And the thing that I say that all great games have in common is they have uh a progression towards a desirable goal, if that makes any sense. And so what I mean by that is that as long as as a player you're moving forward towards something that you want you will be retained. And that's really compelling. That's really appealing. Like I want to level up in an RPG or I want to beat this level in Candy Crush or in Gardenscapes, or I want to win the Super Bowl and say a John Madden, or I want to do this. Like there's all these things you want to do. There's all these things you want to accomplish. There's these things you want to discover, craft, play, progress, right? Like as long as you're progressing towards a desirable goal, that makes a game really, really fun, uh, you know, to play. If where you're going isn't very fun or isn't worthwhile, then the game isn't fun and the game won't succeed. So meaningful progression towards a desirable goal is what makes games great in my mind. All right. Uh, so moving forward to NFT games, I believe that uh, the things you said could also be applied to NFT games. Like what would make an NFT game desirable since gaming is changing with NFTs? Yeah, look, I, I, I think the thing that so I you know got religion around this space fairly quickly and I saw the power of what it could do. And you know, I've had a lot of moments in my own personal life when I'm playing games and at some point um you know my friends stop playing or the servers get shut down or a game gets sunset or you know the development team stops kind of leaning in and I walk away and what do I have to show for it? I really don't have anything to show for it, right? And sometimes this is, you know, kind of many, many years of, of commitment and, uh, you know, investing of my time and my attention into a product. And all I have is kind of my memories. And now what we're saying, seeing is with, you know, play to earn gaming and, you know, kind of, you know, NFTs that put the power of the inventory, the power of the, the items in the hands of the players, they can do with it whatever they want. Like, and that's really liberating. Right. And so, you know, if I craft something, if I get a rare drop, if I, you know, 
beat a beat a boss and there's you know there, there's loot that comes with that like whatever that wants to be now all these things that i'm doing crafting earning collecting progressing are mine and i can do with them as i see fit and i can give them to my friends and they can play with me which is a lot of fun and that makes me feel really really good i can you know trade them with people i don't know again which is really really good it's a kind of a barter system that lives outside of the game or then you'll ultimately you can sell these things and so um when i think about kind of the digital items that i have in my inventory of all these other games and yet they're they're locked in that world and I can't do anything with them. It's really a, it's a total bummer. But when I think about yeah. NFT game, NFT based gaming, right? Play to earn gaming. And now I have full control over what I do with those assets. Like that's a really, really powerful thing as a player. It's no more like, oh, I have to pay the developer and I don't have anything to show for it. It's like now I am the content creator, right? And I can do these with these things as I see fit. Exactly. Uh, Michael, you, you are coming from traditional gaming, right? So I have a question for you. You are from uh, one of these guys who switched over to NFT gaming from traditional gaming. Right. But uh, there is a lot of skepticism and I can say a lot of hate for NFTs in yeah. traditional gaming. Do you think that oh. this happens because of uh, like celebrities selling tokens or because of the failing play to earn economies? Why is all that hate against us? You know, look, I think that it's it's actually a, a really interesting thing that I kind of think about a lot. Like I talked to a lot of my friends that are kind of traditional gamers and traditional game makers. And there's a lot of misinformation, I think, that drives the hate, yeah. right? Oh, it's echo unfriendly. Like it actually isn't if you look at what we do on Wax. We're the most kind of carbon negative to carbon neutral blockchain in the world. Like we yeah. use no energy for our chain, really. Like the, the same amount of energy to, to generate all these transactions on our chain is the same energy consumed by five Americans over the course of a year. Like it's next to nothing comparatively, right? So it's a really kind of echo friendly. So you can't put that argument up against kind of Wax-based gaming. Um, then they say, well, you know, gee, NFTs are predatory and they don't have any utility. Well, actually, they do have utility. Look at how we use them in games. Look at what they can do. Like, there's just, I think there's like the traditionals is like, I don't want to be a part of this. It's a scam. It's a rug pull. It's a pyramid scheme or a Ponzi scheme. There's no value. Everything goes flat. And and you, I you can't blame them. <laughs> right. And I think that if you really, 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 really boil it down, right, there are some people, some traditional gamers who have looked at Axie Infinity or they've looked at you know, alien world. They looked at kind of the games that are really, really popular, you know, on the blockchain and go, well, those aren't real games. And how dare they, you know, there's this real elitist attitude and it's really unfortunate. But I think that once you understand that blockchain gaming is trying to create a player to player world that we live in, a creator economy, if you will, like that's a really, really powerful thing that they should embrace, right? You go to all those players who are telling you how bad it is and say, what did you do with all the items that you've earned in World, world of Warcraft playing for 10 years? Like nothing, right? Nothing, nothing. Exactly. You couldn't do anything with them, right? So now what if you took that same World of Warcraft mentality or you took that World of Warcraft MMORPG and brought it into the play to earn space? Now all of a sudden all these things as you go up and you kind of hit the level cap and you progress and you go through raise, you go through. Like, now all that inventory is available to be given to your friends to play with you, which is, makes you feel good as a player, right? That's a positive. Or you can sell it on a, on a secondary market again, which allows more players to come into the game, which is another feel good. And, or you're getting, you know, mon you're monetizing those, those, those items. It's a real positive. I think, you know, kind of naivete or fear of the unknown is what these players are bracing against. And they hate the notion of kind of some of the, I think security concerns that come with the, uh, you, you know, with the space and seeing yep. kind of seeing games kind of moon and collapse is never, 
kind of any any fun. And the fact that they're not real games is also, again, an elitist attitude, but you see that a lot. I hear that a lot. And so I think I think you sort of it's a culmination of all those things. All right. Uh, definitely the space needs to mature. Okay. And yeah, no doubt. Yeah. Eventually, I believe like uh, blockchain gaming will become uh, the standard. Like if not a token to earn, definitely yeah. the assets are going to be NFTs. Like uh, I was playing uh, Lineage, Lineage 2 for like 10 years in my life, right? right? And MMORPG. Right. So right. if right. I had these assets, like I, I wouldn't have to work anymore. <laughs> yeah, so. no, no doubt. And, you know, we know we know some people at NCSoft and they're trying to get into the, N- yeah. the NFT space and they're trying to figure out kind of what does that mean? But That's yeah, you look at Guild Wars, you look at Lineage, Lineage 2, you look at these long running MMORPGs that they've been building. And yet their audience would be way more engaged and would be able to grow over that 10 years, not exactly. if they had if they embraced this. So MMORPG is the perfect example for blockchain yeah. gaming. Like, I it mean, really it's is. a perfect fit. So are we going to see NCSoft games on WAX? <laughs> I don't know. You know, we, we try to get everybody, everywhere we go, we try to spread the spread the wisdom or religion, the gospel, of, if you will, of, of WAX. Like, we want people to believe in it because we think it's really real. And look, I, you know, I'm like you. I think that there's going to come a point in time in the near future, probably the next three to four years, like I really believe this with my with all my heart. Yeah, exactly. that you won't a game will not come out in say 2025 or 2026 that won't have some form of play to earn gaming in it. It may not mean be the main driver of gameplay like it is today with these sort of gamified DeFi experiences. But every single game that comes out will have something where the players can participate in a secondary economy in the real world that they're owning and driving and controlling. Yeah. Okay. Uh, let's go to blockchain brawlers. All right. Okay. So uh, it's right now it's the most trending game on the blockchain. It's the first game from Wax Studio, the first official mm-hmm. game. Mm-hmm. Uh, so how did the idea came up to make a Mexican brawler fighting game? Am I saying this correctly? <laughs> yeah. Look, it, it, it's it's born out of kind of a, a mix of you know, love of wrestling and nostalgia from our childhood, right? Like we all grew up, you know, everybody here in, in, in the studio involved in development, like we all grew up as fans of wrestling, uh, including the company that actually makes the, uh, that, that made the, the figures at which inspired the NFTs. Like they were just absolute classic wrestling fans from kind of the 80s and 90s. You look at, you know, the Hulk Hogan era, you look at The Rock, you look at Iron Sheik, Andre the Giant, like all these are kind of our heroes growing up as kids. And they said, you know, we love to make these, you know, kind of action figure looking wrestlers that are original IP and they're campy and they're fun and they're interesting. And we said, well, gee, we love wrestling as a gaming kind of construct. So why don't we combine these things together and make uh, a blockchain, uh, a blockchain based wrestling game called blockchain brawlers. And, you know, that's, that's how it all came to be. Okay. Uh, Speaking of uh, this game, uh, I think within the first two weeks of the launch, you did nearly, half a million, $430,000 in transactions, like the first two weeks? Uh, no, I'll help you. $430 million. In, in, $43 million. Yeah. $430 million in token trading volume we did. And so that was, it was really, really uh, a benchmark for us. It shows that the token that the game produces has, has utility in the game and has value on all these centralized exchanges, as well as these decentralized exchanges. So we're creating a real demand to own the token, yeah. to, 
to grow. That, that's really astonishing. Like, where yeah. do you credit the success? Uh, is it because it's the first wax game, or we are talking about a quality game here that players love and like to play? Yeah, look, I, I think that if I told you exactly why or how we did it, you know, we'd be able to replicate it and do it time and time <laughs> again. You know, markets are really interesting and they're kind of fickle and you never quite know what it is. I think what I will tell you is we stated a goal that was kind of twofold. One is we wanted to control the token supply and have it be very, very tight and very limited. And so it is. So the initial kind of, you know, circulating supply is low. And then we told everybody where we, when we got listed on these exchanges, what the circulation supply would be. So they were saying it was a limited kind of a really precious thing, right? We weren't going to put out, you know, hundreds and hundreds of millions or billions and billions and billions of tokens. Like it wasn't, it was just like a real small supply. And then we married that within the game. This is why you need the token. So we explained to the people on the exchanges and to the community what the value of the token was. Like you need to craft, you need to heal, you know, you're going to win it when you brawl. You know, if you want to equip a swag kit, which is our kind of our really cool aesthetic uh, component we have, you know, you need brawl to do that. Like, so we showed all these different places where, you know, brawling and using brawl, that token that you earn has value in the game. And they're like, oh my gosh, really cool. Everybody's going to need brawl all the time. Like, yep, everybody's going to always need brawl and the demand and the supply. We're, we're working really hard to keep them at, you know, with parity with one another. Um, and so once they understood that's how we operate, that's how we see the world tied to a limited supply. Like they're like, okay, this has value. These guys are kind of speaking differently. They're acting differently. They're talking differently. The nice thing for us is when the game came out, they go, whoa. And, and then we've never seen a game that looks like this, right? We've never seen a game that plays like this. This is all really, really thoughtful and really polished. And so we feel like, you know, we really kind of bring a very professional gaming kind of experience to the, uh, to the space. And it's been very well received in that regard. I see. So uh, I didn't have the honor to try the game. I watched mm. some videos and I, I noticed that uh, players just click a brawl button and results like come in. So uh, do you plan to make this like 3D or something or have kind of fighting gameplay for blockchain brawlers? Yeah, I think it's a, I think it's a natural question. And, and, and the, the first question is, why is it only kind of click to brawl? And the reality is, is this is what we're able to do in kind of 90 days of development. So imagine we have a team and we have three months and this is what we put up. Like, I think it's unbelievably impressive for the limited amount of time that the game has been in development. Like I said, kind of three or four months from today. I think if you go back four months. In a very uh, short time. Huh? Yeah, very, very short time. So we're really, really impressed with what we've been able to do from a development standpoint. Um, but yet know that we have kind of like this three to five year horizon that we look at. And so the, the better question is not what is it today, but where is it going to go, right? And which is what you said. You said this is going to be a 3D fighting game. What's, what's going to happen? You're going to start to see kind of every single month until forever, I hope. You know, you're going to see things like, yep, that reminds me of this game. And that reminds me of that game. And this is a great feature. And this is really, really gaming, right, if you will. Because the thing that I think that I try to tell people where we win as an organization and where we win as a product is... I'm convincing you now to play this game because it's more fun than another game you're playing. Today, it's like play this game because the earning potential is really good and the character is really colorful and it's fun to craft and it's fun to brawl and it's fun to heal and it's fun to be in the community. 
But what I want to say is come play this game because when you actually do all those things and you play player versus player and you get involved in factions and faction wars and you look at our kind of daily or weekly competitions and you see all these things that we're doing, this is a very gaming heavy experience. And, you know, kind of the ones who get the best rewards are the ones who are the smartest players are the sharpest, they're the most tactical, they take risks, like very gaming centric sorts of ideals that we're going to be embracing, over, like I said, over the course of the next kind of three to five years. Starting, you know, next month in May and then in June and July, every month we'll have something that feels like a much more kind of involved set of, um, you know, choices for the players to, yeah. to work within. Now, that's great to hear. Like if the team managed to deliver this game in three months, like yeah. they're going to do miracles in the future. <laughs> I hope so. That's the plan. Yeah. Uh, so, Michael, uh, do you guys plan on releasing any other games? like official wax games we do we do so as you can imagine you know we think the play to earn space is just i mean it's really ripe for somebody to come in and and, and put out a lot of different kinds of games so this is our quote-unquote fighting game and we'll do different categories or different genres of games uh, that we'll develop from an internal standpoint like we have different developers working um, for us building different kinds of games nothing i can comment on but On top of that, you know, we're going out and we're like, as we talked about earlier, right, we are preaching kind of the benefit and the value of WAX. And so we've gone to the development community, to traditional game developers, people that are, you know, have a long and distinguished career in making critically acclaimed and commercially acclaimed games. And we're convincing them to go ahead and bring them to the WAX blockchain. And we're going to help them, you know, publish them. We're going to support them. We're going to, you know, do everything we can to make sure the world knows that these products exist. So... I think that if you and I get back together six months from now, you'll be like, oh my gosh, all these games on Wax and they're so cool. And I stopped playing my mobile app because where I stopped playing my PlayStation 5. I'm just, I'm gaming on Wax and it's so fun. It's, it's just, it, we want to shift traditional gamers into the space and make them feel like really they've made the right decision because yes, this is on the blockchain, but these games are just objectively really cool and really fun. That's kind of the first order business for us. Make the games as fun as they can be. That, that makes perfect sense. Um, to Truth be told, uh, WAX make, makes it very easy for traditional gamers to get on board in the platform. Yes. I mean, I can go to the WAX cloud wallet, log in with mm -hmm. my Google account and have a blockchain wallet ready. Right. I mean, this is, uh, there is a huge difference on creating a MetaMask wallet and, <laughs> and learning how to use that wallet yeah. not to lose yeah. your money than creating, you know, a, a WAX account. Uh, yeah. And speaking of this, like onboarding is easy, it's perfect and all that kind of stuff. But as of today, and correct me if I'm wrong, I haven't seen like any MMORPG, like 3D games on WAX. Like, is there a reason we haven't seen this kind of games yet? Yeah. Do you, do you, I hope you're you got, creating one. Do you have a sense of how long it takes to make an MMORPG? It needs a couple of years. Yeah. Many, many years. Right. And so for there to be an MMORPG on WAX today, somebody would have had to start back in 2018 or 2019. And in 2018, 2019, blockchain gaming wasn't really a thing. I mean, there was yeah, a few kind of, you know, interesting bets in the space, but nothing like today. Um, I can tell you that if you look at the metaverses that people are talking about, whether it's Sandbox or Legacy or you know, what have you, there's, a, there's a lot of groups that are bringing that kind of experience into the blockchain space. And, you know, uh, we haven't announced anything yet in that regard, but that's why you don't see those things today. But I will tell you that 
it makes a ton of sense for the reasons you and I talked about with lineage too, right? To have that kind of experience live on the blockchain. And it's, um, yeah, it's coming. It's coming. We haven't announced anything, but all those games is going to start to show up and they're going to, they're going to be a ton of fun to play. And then players I think are really going to get kind of excited by how much control over their own kind of inventory they have. That, that's great to hear. Now I'm, I'm, you're getting me excited. I'm looking, <laughs> I'm looking forward for an MMO. Fantastic. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, Michael, do you think play to end economies are sustainable? I mean, the, the industry is like five years old, but yeah. you see games still experimenting with economies. Like we haven't seen a sustainable economy yet in the industry. Yeah, you know, it's really funny. Um, Look, my perspective is maybe different than other people. I, I'm kind of a traditional game maker. I have a very kind of, I, I take what I like to call the kind of the infinite perspective. Like I don't sit there and go, okay, what can I, what can I build and run for the next six months? I say, you know, what kind of experience can I build that'll run forever? And I think that when people look at play to earn, they often mistake that it's play to profit, right? Like, oh, I need to play to profit. Like the idea isn't to have you profit. The idea is to have you have items that you're earning, whether you're crafting or you've got some sort of UGC model that you can then monetize outside the game, whether you profit or not is up to you. Hopefully you do. The whole idea though, that, that, that I always say is that if you focus more on the play and less on the earn, the earn will come over time. Like if I keep yeah. you in a game, like think about it, like think about if lineage two, let's just say that it was a play to earn game. And let's just say that the economy did collapse, but you were playing it for seven years. Over the course of those seven years, you're taking little bits and pieces out of the game. You're selling them on the secondary market. At some point, you've got you know real monetary value to show for your time. And if I said to you kind of how profitable was that, you're like, I don't know, because you're probably not going to track it like that. But you said, I know that I have over seven years, I did all these things. I had a ton of fun, but I had agency over my items, right? Which is a really powerful thing. Um, I think so many people focus on, oh, I lost money at this, or I didn't get my ROI fast enough. Well, if you leave, you know, prematurely and you don't give yourself a chance to play a game for a really, really long time, yeah, you may be upside down and that's your fault, not the fault of the yeah. game, right? So if, you know, a lot of times what I find is people have unrealistic expectations like, oh, I should be able to play this for a month or two and get my money back and then it's all profit. But when the profits don't meet their demands or don't meet their expectations, I should say, you know, they leave. And, you know, it's really, it's more of like an opportunity cost than it is actual, uh, you know, the, the economy is collapsing or the, or the game didn't perform well. It's, it's a really funny notion. Like, like I lost money. Well, why? Well, I left. Okay. Well, what if you didn't leave? Well, I'd still be working on making my money back. Right. Exactly. So you just stick it out to the end and you see what the game development team does from a roadmap standpoint, or you take your investment and you put it somewhere else. I don't like to talk about, uh, you know, these kind of games as, as investments, I really do try to talk to them about them as games that has a, a player to player economy built in. And when, and that's a, it's a, it's an important distinction, right? Because if you look at the audience of players today, it's crypto, crypto savvy folks that are gamblers and speculators, right? But I want to bring in traditional gamers. Like that's how you, you know, there's two and a half billion gamers, almost 3 billion gamers in the world. There's not that, not many of them are play to earn gamers, but once we appeal to those people, that's when games grow forever. Economies get very robust. And to answer your question of, you know, can these things be sustainable, you know, for, for a very, very long time, they certainly can. We had millions and millions and millions of players in your game, not, you know, you know, tens of thousands, which is what a lot of play to earn games are. 
I see, I understand. Uh, truth be told, like most uh, new play to earn games, uh, the economy cycle is uh, is getting lower and lower. Like, okay. I mean, take for example, Axe Infinity. It was, it, it took it took years for Axe Infinity to become what it, it is today right. for the economy to right. grow. And you take, for example, new games that, like the token pumps, like mm-hmm. after one month, mm-hmm. and then everyone leaves. That right. unfortunately, this is how most of the games work today, and hopefully, this will change. Yeah, and, and George, I'll tell you, we've told people don't look for our token to pump, right? Yeah, don't look for our token to pump at all because we're not in the token pumping business. What we what we've told people is we're going to do everything we can to stabilize our token. So, you know, when you earn a certain amount of the token in the game, you can peg a value to that, but don't look for it to moon. Therefore, don't look for it to crash. Just look for a nice steady growth over many years, right? Like we want to be consistent like that. And some, some people get upset by that. Like, look, this isn't something we want you to play for 30 days and then leave. Like we want players for as long as humanly possible. And if they believe in us and they believe in our roadmap and they believe in, and they and their beliefs align with our beliefs, then we'll have these players for months, if not years. And so we're going to reward their their time and attention. That, that's great to hear. That's a good strategy. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, Michael, last question for you. Uh, are you playing any games? And more specifically, are you playing any crypto games? <laughs> I am. I So I play a lot of, obviously, I play a lot of crypto games because I do want to understand the references that that people make and 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 what they're talking about and and more importantly where they've come from. So the reason why blockchain brawlers I think is so easy to onboard and is really a slick UI and is is fun to play. It's because I've actually gone through playing a lot of not very good play to earn games and I get confused and I get lost. I'm thinking I'm very tech savvy. I'm very kind of you know game savvy, and yet I come to this product and I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know where to go. I get super confused. Yeah. I get lost. Your point about the Lex Cloud Wallet, you know, that same thinking that drove that Web two experience, if you will, with the Google Auth and you know two clicks and you've got your wallet set up. We took that same thinking and brought it into blockchain brawlers. Things that are easy to use, people will use and they will adopt. Sorry, and. Um, you know, the reality of the situation is, is that when, when, when we do have games that are simple like that, it, it's great for everybody. The games that I play, so I play, uh, I play Office Land, I play Warspace Gaming, I play Arena of Glory, I obviously play a lot of blockchain brawlers, um, I play uh, Metropolis Origins, uh, which is a kind of an up and coming game from QXR Studios, which I absolutely love. It's being built by a guy named Graham Devine. And Graham Devine, you may or may not know, Graham Devine is a, just a just an unbelievably talented game designer. He built a game back in the day called Seventh Guest and another one called Eleventh Hour. Uh, he did some really important work on Quake 3 Arena. It's like he's a real heavy hitter in the traditional gaming space. And he's got a game on Wax. It's a CCG uh, called uh, Metropolis Origins, and it is absolutely fantastic. And they're kind of in their soft launch phase. So, yeah, I do play a lot of play-to-earn games because I do enjoy it, but it's also uh, it's teaching moments for me. Like, I love to kind of know what other companies are doing and how they're doing it and what works and what doesn't work. So I'm a student uh, uh, that from, from, uh, from the works that I interact with. That's great. We are all students in this space. All right. Yes. Uh, yes, thank you very are. much. Thank you very much, Michael, for being with us today. Uh, you shared some really valuable information. Thanks, and George. I, I hope to see you again in a couple of months and check on the I'll bro- come back anytime. I will come back anytime at all. It was a pleasure to be here. Uh, and, I, and uh, you know, I wish you well. And uh, I had a really fun time.
Likewise, pleasure to have you. Thank you guys for watching this episode. See you next time. Bye-bye. Thanks.